Welcome to the Jill on Money Coronavirus Market Update. It is Saturday, July 25th. You asked for it, we deliver. We are talking about bonds, as so many of you have asked these questions, and we are happy to bring you a great guest. Her name is Kathy Jones. She is Senior Vice President, Chief Fixed Income Strategist at Schwab Center for Financial Research. And in our interview today, we are going to discuss the beauty of the mathematical equation known as bonds. If you have a question about your portfolio and whether bonds should belong in that portfolio or follow-ups, just send us an email, askjill at jillonmoney.com, askjill at jillonmoney.com. Here's our interview with Kathy. Kathy Jones, welcome to the program. Thanks for being with us. Oh, thanks so much for having me. Well, so tell us a little bit about how an English major becomes a bond maven. Well, um, it was a a bit of a circuitous route. Um, I started when I was in college uh, as a runner at the Chicago Board of Trade. I went to school in the Chicago area. And uh, the reason I got that job is I needed a part-time job. And my brother had a friend who worked there. And uh, my brother said, he'll literally hire anybody so you have a shot. (laughs) That's great. Uh, Yeah. So I I went down there and I was running tickets into the corn pit and soybeans and I just fell in love with the markets and went on to get my master's degree and one thing led to another. Wait, you never went back to commodities? I did commodities for a long time, but I, I haven't done them for probably 20 years now. So you and I share something because my first job on Wall Street, I was a gold, silver, and copper options trader on the New York Commodities Exchange. Oh, I'm sure we know some people in common then. Yes. Some of them are in jail, I presume, (laughs) but some of them may not be. Some of them are fine. Um, And many of them are just like, you know, sort of playing um, virtual games with all the money they made. Kathy, how long have you been at Charles Schwab? Uh, Almost 10 years now. So, First of all, what is it about the bond market that you like? Why do you like covering this market? Well, it's different every day. I like it because it's driven by a lot of the macroeconomic information that's out there. And frankly, um, the math makes sense to me where I always try to understand equities and I get kind of tied up in knots because the math doesn't always make sense. It's so funny you should say that because I feel the same way that I feel like a mathematical equation I get, I get a coupon, I get a duration, I get all those things. And I even get commodities, which is supply and demand demand and also just, you know, crazy emotional stuff. But the idea of stocks that they are always priced at the, you know, sort of in the long run at the right levels, I don't get that. I mean, I don't get why in the midst of a pandemic that is now flaring up again in the, at the moment where we could see $600 a week vanish from so many Americans' weekly unemployment insurance, how is it that you think that stocks are just going up. What do you think's going on? Well, it seems to be uh, the idea that the people in the equity world like to look farther out, I suppose, and they're making the assumption that 
we get the pandemic under control, go back to normal and everything will be fine, or that they've identified the handful of stocks that are going to come out of this uh, having benefited. But this is why I don't do equities because I just don't get it. I love that you say that. I say the same thing. I keep saying every time someone says to me, what's going on? I say, I don't know. And the people at CBS will even say to me, like, can you file a report on the stock market today? I, what do you want me to say? More people were buying than selling. That's about as good as it gets. So now talk to us a little bit about fixed income. Right now, what we know is interest rates are at 0%. So bond yields drop down and that means prices are up. So why should bonds remain part of a an investment portfolio or a retirement account? There's a couple of reasons that uh, we typically suggest people hold bonds irrespective of the yield. So one is it for diversification from stocks. So most people will have an allocation to equities. That's for the growth uh, long-term in the portfolio, but that comes with a lot of volatility. Bonds typically uh, have much lower volatility, especially things like treasuries and investment-grade municipal bonds and investment-grade corporate bonds, uh, because there's a, a lot less risk of default or capital loss. And so you get that diversification. So earlier this year, when the stock market went down, the bond market went up. And so if you have a portfolio that's balanced, you're getting a big reduction in volatility. And you're also getting something if you go to rebalance, maybe your bonds have gone up as your stocks have gone down, you rebalance, you're actually able to sell high and, and buy low. So diversification is a big part of it. Income's another part. Uh, bonds deliver income and all income is positive. So if you hold a maturity and there's no default, you know, capital preservation and income are there for you. And then finally, there's a planning aspect to bonds. Again, bonds that don't default, the higher quality bonds typically will deliver coupon income on a regular schedule and you know when you get your principal back. And that's great if you're trying to plan out cash flows over the years. So when you look at the individual bond market versus bond funds. And I know that Schwab has a ton of great bond funds and bond index funds. Can you talk about the type of people who you think it would be more appropriate to buy a bond fund or a bond ETF rather than the individual bond? Sure. So, you know, there's pluses and minuses to any way you want to invest. Someone who would be appropriate for a bond fund is someone who's looking for a lot more diversification per dollar invested. So to have an individual bond portfolio, we typically suggest you need a, a fairly sizable account to get enough diversification within the portfolio in case there is a default. Um, with a bond fund or an ETF, you're, of course, getting a lot of diversification for every dollar you invest. And then some people don't want to be bond fund managers. They don't want to do credit analysis. They don't want to worry about the duration. They want somebody else to do that. They need the professional management. And that is a big advantage to having a, a fund. And then finally, you get better pricing. So a mutual fund manager, an ETF, they're buying in big lots and buying maybe hundreds of thousands, if not millions of bonds at a time, they're going to get a better price than an individual investor will going out and buying maybe $10,000 or $20,000 worth of bonds. So some of that pricing, uh, the professional pricing or institutional pricing can reduce or offset some of the cost of the fee for the ETF or the, or the mutual fund. 
And obviously, if you're using a bond fund, I'm sure that you would recommend the dividend reinvested into the fund, at least if you don't need it, right? If you don't need it, it's a good idea because you compound the income that way and your total return ends up being higher in the long run. We'll get back to our interview with Kathy Jones, the Chief Fixed Income Strategist at the Schwab Center for Financial Research. In just a minute, we're going to pay a couple bills with our friends from Policy Genius. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Okay, we're back with our interview with Kathy Jones. So let's talk about the different flavors of bonds. You, you mentioned the, the plain vanilla government bonds, because the government is not going to go broke, God willing, right? In corporate bonds, there are high yield or junk bonds and there's investment grade. So what is the differential right now in the yield on higher yield versus the boring, safer companies? So in a high yield or a junk bond, you might be getting... 5% ish in terms of yield, depending. There's a range of yields uh, within the high yield market for the upper end to the lower, the very, very junky stuff that's, you know, triple C rated. There's going to be a range in there because there's more risk of the lower rated bonds defaulting. Uh, But say you get 5% ish on an investment grade corporate bond, you get about 100 to 150 basis points over treasuries. You're going to get 2% ish plus uh, in that sort of an investment. How do you determine or how would you advise our listeners to determine just how much risk they should take? Because obviously the whole point of the higher yield is that these are companies that are riskier. So 5% sounds better than 2%, but you're risking that some of these companies could go broke and you don't get your money back. So what is the right, you know, sort of generalized thought process around the division, say, in a bond portfolio between higher quality, lower quality? What's your recommendation? Well, right now, our recommendation is to stay higher quality. Part of that is because uh, corporations have taken on a tremendous amount of debt. Part of that's reasonable. Money was very, very cheap, so why not borrow it at these low levels if you can uh, employ it in a productive way? But we think a lot of the lower quality companies, these high yield companies, are really at a disadvantage during the pandemic because they have a lot of debt, maybe their business model isn't working particularly well, so they're at much greater risk of default right now than they might have been pre-pandemic. And we are starting to see those defaults tick up. So in the high-yield world, um, the default rate is over 7% now. We think it could go as high as 9 or 10%. Wow. So, yeah, we, we think we're not through this recession yet, and it, there's going to be a shakeout. Not everybody gets supported either by the Federal Reserve's programs or by the economic stimulus. So we, we like staying 
up in credit quality. If you're going to be in high yield, we think be at the upper tier in high yield. And even within investment grade, we like the higher rated because there is a risk of some downgrades as time goes by. So you're basically a wimp and I love that about you already. So Because that to me makes so much sense. And, you know, I know that there's a lot of money being raised by companies. They're going out and borrowing money. And I keep hearing from some of the some of the investors out there that, hey, I don't care. The Fed's going to buy corporate bonds, so I'm okay. What is the, what's the misstep in that thinking? Yeah, the Fed's not buying all corporate bonds. Um, so what they have pledged to do is buy investment-grade bonds and a handful of high-yield bonds that they call fallen angels because they were downgraded from investment-grade to high-yield after the pandemic started. So after March 23rd, there's a handful of bonds there. And the reason the Fed committed to doing that is that these are often very large companies that have a lot of employees and they wouldn't have been downgraded to junk had it not been for the lockdown, the shutdowns that we went through. So they want to provide them support because they don't want to see hundreds of thousands of people laid off from these companies. So the Fed's buying investment-grade corporate bonds with maturities only out to about five years and a handful of high-yield bonds and a handful of ETFs to provide liquidity to the market. So there's a lot of bonds that aren't going to get that support, and uh, the Fed's not necessarily going to bail them out. So right now, in the initial stages, the market said, oh, great, the Fed's buying corporate bonds, just buy everything in sight. Now, you know, the prices have gone up, and not everything is going to survive. Not every company is going to survive this. So we'd be much more careful now than, say, in March when the Fed was initiating this. Okay. I hope you have a great Saturday. The second part of our interview with Kathy will air tomorrow. We're going to talk big picture, the economy, and what Kathy sees as the future for the second half of the year. So remember, please, as you go out and about, it's the weekend. I know you're going to see your friends. Please, please, please wash your hands, wear your masks, maintain your physical distancing, lift somebody up, put your hands metaphorically on someone's back. If you need any help from us, you put your hands on our backs. We'll put our hands on your backs. Send us an email, askjill at jillonmoney.com. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.